So hello, Lyric. Hello, Angela. How's it going? <laughs> it is going very well. It's a beautiful fall day. I'm so grateful for breaking the heat. It's going well. <laughs> yes. I think that it makes a big difference when you have both the sunshine and the cool yeah. air yeah. and your nice fuzzy sweater. And I do have a big fuzzy sweater that I can't stop wearing (laughs) every day. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) So I'm here with Lyric Morris Latshaw. This is the Mariah Piecast. We're here talking about food and farming in West Norwood. And Mariah Pie, the restaurant you can come visit in West Norwood, corner of Carter and Mills Avenue. Friday nights, 4.30 to 9.30. (laughs) What's going on in the gardens these days? Yeah. Well, it's an interesting week in the gardens because the temperature and the weather has clearly taken such a turn. It's been a weird September in that it's been super, super hot and super, super dry. We are currently in a semi-drought is the formal word I learned, meaning we've been spending a lot more time watering than we ever usually do. Um, And especially for this time of year, where it's usually more dipping towards cool temperatures. And as of this week, things are cooling down dramatically. And in fact, I saw some temperatures in the 30s later this week. So everything is sort of very quickly going from hot and stressed to frosted and stressed. (laughs) And a lot of things are starting to to look pretty tired as we're all looking a little tired this time of year. Um, yeah, a lot of fruit harvesting and processing still, um, harvesting the last of the pears from a tree in the neighborhood, hopefully tomorrow, um, finished all the apples for the year yesterday. So really trying to, to focus on finishing a lot of the fruit, getting as much as we can to last us through till next year. And you get to do all of this as a co-manager with our dear friend, Matt. Yeah, sweet Matt. (laughs) And what drew you first to Mariah Pie? Yeah, uh, so we, I'm not even sure how much of the story he told on his episode of the Mariah Pie cast, but um, we moved to the Cincinnati area in 2015 and had a sort of vague interest in environmentalism and agriculture, having grown up in sort of a rural agricultural society, like town area, I guess. And I think we were interested in learning about homesteading and sort of interested in the ways that a Christian theology brings us towards like a life of simplicity and connection with the land, but sort of in vague terms. And some friends here in Cincinnati knew that we were interested in that. And after we'd lived here maybe like six months or so, they said, you have to meet our friends, Aaron and Robert Lockridge, who are living in Norway doing this thing. And at the time they were running an internship associated with the restaurant, um, yeah, where folks were working and living together and having shared rhythms of life, as well as studying the intersections of agriculture and theology. So we went and we had dinner with Aaron and Robert, and that night we were given a tour of what would be our our future home. Actually, I guess that was a different night, but around the same week by our future roommate, Grace, who we had never met before. And uh, that was sort of our Our introduction was just being intrigued by the idea of communal living, by these people farming together. At the time, we had no idea where that would lead us. I think our thought was, we'll live here for a year. We'll learn, and then we'll go back to our little apartment and have our little garden. Little did we know where we would end up. Yeah, so I think that was sort of our initial interest. 
And now, how did you get to end up where you've ended up? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, so we, we did the internship that first year, and we very quickly fell in love with the work and fell in love with West Norwood. Um, as soon as the internship ended, we knew we were going to stay in the area for at least a while longer. So we um, rented and then eventually bought a house straight in the neighborhood and continued working our other full-time jobs, um, though volunteering increasing amounts with Mariah Pie, both in the gardens and in the restaurant, trying to balance sort of these two worlds, um, trying to fit in as much of the Mariah Pie stuff as we could around our other things we had going on. Yeah, so sort of a slow build. I eventually went down to part-time at my job um, so that I could work, you know, closer to like 15, 20 hours a week in the gardens. At that point, still all volunteering. And then um, last year, um, 2018, at the end of the year, we sort of, as a community, came to the consensus that maybe it would be time for Mariah Pie to take a break, that we had less volunteers then we really needed to maintain the work in a sustainable way. Um, there were people who had played really key roles transitioning towards other things and sort of came to the group consensus that maybe it's time. It's so hard to say, but what does it look like to let our let our egos die and not desperately maintain this thing? And we'd all sort of settled on that. And uh, Robert and Aaron one night, they asked Matt and I to come over for a drink. And I knew deep down I knew what they were going to ask us and I knew though I have so many crazy ideas and big dreams that I'm constantly pitching to Matt that I knew that if I said we should quit our jobs and run right by it might come off a little differently because I'm always pitching some crazy scheme for our life and uh so we went over we had a drink and a few minutes in they were like so like would you guys ever consider doing this we think that you're well equipped and like, yeah, yeah. And so we, I, I secretly inside was kind of giddy. I was like, oh, I'm so happy they asked and I didn't have to ask. And we said, yeah, we'll, we'll think about it. And we live, you know, just a couple blocks from them. And I like to say that by the time we had gotten home, walking from their house to ours, we had kind of already sort of decided like we were like I think we would really like to do this of course there were a lot of logistics <laughs> and a lot of prayer and conversations after that to decide for sure but it was for us a surprisingly easy decision especially considering how much change it would mean um for our life I mean we both had jobs that um we enjoyed to varying degrees I guess between the two of us and uh that sustained us financially in a very different way and held our lives in a very different rhythm. So it was a, it was a huge change, but a surprisingly, surprisingly easy one to make. So we left our jobs in January of this year, 2019, and then, um, started Mariah Pie formally in like February. So had about a month. And Robert yeah. and Aaron, or Robert and Aaron Lockridge, the yes. folks who started it, mm -hmm. what role do they play alongside you guys? Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. We have, I don't think we have like titles in the way that people might expect. And it's been kind of a fun, creative, like collaborative process with them this year, I think, sort of feeling out what are our roles. Um, yeah, I, I, Matt and I maybe manage some more of like the day to day of that, of the restaurant on Friday nights. Um, 
Robert is still working with us like full time in the gardens and with food processing. Um, he's like so good at that and we need him so much. Yeah. Also has served very much as like mentors to us, helping teach us. And, um, I think at the very beginning we, we thought maybe that we would be like having to figure out more out from scratch and have been so grateful throughout the year to be like, Oh, they, yeah, are teaching us so much and mentoring us so much and shaping us so much in this work. Um, yeah, so they, and Aaron, of course, is doing so much other work in the neighborhood that is closely associated to our work in working with the kids and um, teaching her classes and working on Friday nights at Mariah Pius. So it's all, it's kind of hard to say formally, like this is each of our roles, but it's sort of a, an organic collaboration between the four of us to do what really needs to be done. Sometimes Matt and I say it's sort of like we're functioning as like managers of the restaurant and they are functioning more as like the owners with like, um, like a different sort of decision-making and vision. Um, yeah, but I like to think we're all building it together still. (laughs) So, yeah. The folks that you know in your like other lives, Mm -hmm. when you talk to them about what it is you do in the day to day, how did you describe it and how do they react to it? Yeah, <laughs> I think <laughs> so. There's a kind of a funny thing around even the word like gardening or farming to describe what we're doing because gardening to say we're gardening feels like a little trite or like people might imagine just putzing around, throwing a couple of plants in the ground in your yard and then walking away, which is very much not what we're doing. But then farming also has this connotation, like especially where we grew up in rural Iowa of like, oh, I own half the county and I grow corn and soybeans and use a tractor. And that's also very different from what we're doing. So even that part of it can be kind of hard to explain. I, I tend to, I guess, say we're urban farmers because I think that maybe draws to mind the closest vision of what we're doing um, for folks. But I think there are kind of two reactions from people. One is that we start to explain it and people are just very confused and very quickly stop asking questions. <laughs> or the opposite, where people are very curious, like, because I do think our model is relatively unique, like, as far as how we function as a for-profit restaurant, um, but without prices and the way our work week looks, even as far as coordinating volunteers and working some on our own and some weeks working a ton and sometimes of the year working a lot less. Um, I think if people get into asking the questions, it's sort of like a people, the questions just like come and come, which is, it's kind of fun. It's very, it's very different from what a lot of our close friends are doing. So, um, I hope that it, you know, helps people to be able to like imagine a, a different way for themselves or to imagine not that everybody needs to become a farmer, but that like you can do surprising things. That's all. <laughs> you can do surprising things. I like it. Someone write that down. <laughs> <laughs> One of yes. my favorite things about working with you has been the moments where you just kind of get this glee jump in the air yeah. type of like, this is so great. I love you guys. And I'm wondering if there are favorite times that come to mind when you think about 
times in the cafe and the gardens. Yeah. Yeah. I do definitely like thrive off of having other people around. <laughs> so I like, um, <laughs> yeah, maybe this speaks a bit to what you were just saying at the end of Friday nights when we're cleaning up, um, after a long day, I mean, yeah, I usually get there around like 7am Matt's there long before that. And then we're usually there until 11 ish PM with maybe like an hour break in the afternoon. <laughs> so it's a crazy day. And by the end of the day, I, I'm just loopy usually. It doesn't take much to get me <laughs> a little giddy and overexcited. So I I feel like at that point in the day, it's just so fun. Like the customers are gone and we'll turn up the music and be cleaning. Um, and that's just always like a fun and sweet time for me. Maybe like a little slap happy. <laughs> I really enjoy it. Um, yeah, in the gardens. I do love when we have a big group of folks who want to sing together. <laughs> I, um, yeah, singing in the gardens is something that has like become really precious and really holy to me. And it doesn't, yeah, there are certain folks in the gardens who I think tend to spearhead the singing. And, um, I always so appreciate when they're around or sometimes singing like old work songs and hymns, or sometimes we've had some fun made up songs this year <laughs> about, uh, the things that bother us in the gardens, like the crabgrass and johnson grass <laughs> yeah so that's always fun making up songs and grace and i have a way of coming up with some good ones <laughs> duly yeah. noted yes <laughs> i'll get grace to sing one when yeah. i get on here you'll have to what is the most challenging part of this life for me i think it's probably the physicality of it i when we were volunteering and it was working more like a few days a week, it was, I really thrive on like hard work and getting things done. I, I value efficiency probably more than I should. <laughs> and I uh, really would love coming in on like a Wednesday after having been in my office the rest of the week and having this like huge push of energy and getting so much done. Um, it's just like a really satisfying feeling to me. And I think I very quickly learned in this year that my body cannot sustain that mm. <laughs> when I'm doing this um, full time. I, and trying at the beginning of the year, feeling frustrated by my physical limitations, feeling like my exhaustion was weakness or comparing myself mm. to... Um, the other people who I'm working with. Um, you mean Robert the Energizer Bunny? I mean Robert and Matt. <laughs> they have abundant energy and just having like more strength than I have, more endurance. Like, yeah, coming to accept my physical limitations and to see them rather than a problem as a, like an opportunity to practice extending myself grace and to come to know my body and to come to love my body and ultimately to sort of submit to my body, listen to it and respond to what I need. Um, which is hard when, yeah, my, my mindset had been like, how much can I do? Like, it doesn't really work when I'm trying to do this in a long-term sustaining way uh, end up injuring myself or just getting super tired and crashing. <laughs> yeah, that's been a, an ongoing challenge, but it has been rewarding also to learn about myself. 
Mm. Yeah. Does that uh, work into how this work has influenced how you feel about God? Mm, in some ways, certainly. Um, I think that I have learned so much through this work about the just truly and deeply understanding the ways that God does like care for our physical existence and for us as human beings. Um, I was just having a conversation today with Matt actually about just sort of gushing about how much God loves humans. I know that you are also a fan of the television show, The Good Place, Angela. And um, there's a character named Michael, I will not give anything away, in The Good Place, who just is obsessed with humans. He just loves all of the cute things humans do, like wear bow ties and like, what else? Um, Have like cheesy catchphrases. And I was thinking about that character and how sometimes I feel like that is how God feels about us, that he just delights in our physical beings. And I feel like I have come to understand that in like a really beautiful and full way through developing this relationship with my body and with my neighbors. Um, when I understand how much love and grace God has for me, it's impossible not to also understand that as applying to all of the people around me, um, and all of their limitations and brokenness as well. And so shapes the way that I interact with each of those people. Um, yeah, I would say that's how those two things are connected for me the most clearly. And that segues nicely Mm -hmm. into how this work has influenced how you view Norwood. Oh, I love Norwood. <laughs> I granted, as I said earlier, I I do get easily excited and I love things very easily. So maybe if I had done this work anywhere and paid this much attention to a place for this long, I would love it just the same. But I am so in love with Norwood. Um, I feel like this work has so shaped the way that I see this neighborhood. It's given me almost like new eyes, like having the scales removed from my eyes, um, looking around and just seeing the ways that everything is so connected, seeing like all the weird plants growing in people's yards and seeing like the, all of the weird people next to each other. I say that with so much love and just seeing all of these things as this beautiful interconnected system that makes up this quirky and like so specific place that I, that I love and feel like I know so well through just walking around and doing this work. Um, yeah, I adore Norwood. I, I also, aside from farming, I spend a lot of time painting and, um, most of my paintings that I make right now are inspired by exactly that, like all of, all of these beings in Norwood, um, and sort of trying to imagine them with the, this like freshness, like in the ways that I'm able I feel like I've been open to seeing things in a new way that feels so abundant and so beautiful, sort of trying to even like extrapolate that out to create these sort of fanciful, beautiful, magical plants inspired by what I do actually see around me, which I think has that, has that capacity and holds some magic in it already. So yeah, I love Norwood. (laughs) So we're going to wrap up a little bit here for 
uh, this episode, mm-hmm. reminding people again to visit uh, on Friday nights, except that we're coming up towards uh, the the fallow time. Yes. We will be closed. Hibernation. Hibernation between Thanksgiving and uh, the first week of February, usually, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But in the meantime, do you have a favorite recipe or food prep tip to share? Yeah. <laughs> I am not the best at researching food prep. I'm definitely a, a make it up as you go <laughs> kind of cook, um, which makes this Matt and I have like a lot of ongoing conversations about food science. He loves to tell me about food prep tips and food science. And I, I love to ignore it and do things the way that I want to do it. But a recipe that I'm really loving recently, um, we grow a lot of these little sweet sun gold cherry tomatoes. Um, they, taste almost like fruit. And this year we had a lot of them. We had an abundance at one point, um, and decided to make a sungle tomato jelly. We call it a marmalade, but it's actually a jelly. Um, but by like milling down these tomatoes and it, it has this like delicious, almost like fruity, citrusy, yeah, marmalade quality in this jelly that's actually made out of tomatoes. And we've been serving it um, on ice cream throughout the summer, like a homemade vanilla ice cream with lemon thyme shortbread cookies and this sungle tomato marmalade on top. I love when you can create a recipe that sounds odd or challenges people. Um, but when they try it are, they're very delighted by it. And that's definitely how the tomato jelly reads to me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I am delighted by you, Lyric. Thank you. Love you, Angela. (laughs) This is Angela Pansella. This has been the Mariah Piecast.